Being coachable, that's one of the greatest words you can hear from other parents about your kids. You want your kids to be fast learners, to be good listeners, to be able to apply knowledge quickly. Coachability sets people apart for winners and those who don't want to learn to win. Smart money, parenting. All right, lovely people, welcome back to another episode of Smart Money Parenting. I'm Scott Donnell. I got my buddy Chad Willardson. Chad, how's it going, man? Let's go. Happy Monday. Oh, it's Tuesday, but hey, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, or whatever day it is when you're listening to this. Exactly. We're, we've been brainstorming, and you know, we want to give you guys really good content that's topical. It's short. It's simple. It's, oh, yeah, I can apply this right now with my kids. And that's why we wanted to talk about being coachable today, this idea of coachability in kids. How can kids learn to be coachable? And if you can have that, you have a constantly building structure in your family for the rest of your life. And it's, it's critical for both parents and kids. So Chad, let's talk about that today. You, you have, uh, you've been coached your whole life and coached others. Yep. So have I, what, what are some of the things that, why we want to talk about this on this podcast today? I, I just believe coachability is so essential for success. And sometimes we think it's just about kids, but really it's about kids and parents. We both, both sets of adults and kids need to be coachable, regardless of where we are in life. If you think about it, the top athletes in the world, Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Tiger Woods, like all these people, they have coaches, yet they're the best in the world. Like they're very, very coachable. In fact, right after the game, they're watching game film or right after the match or the round, they're actually watching video and trying to perfect what they just messed up and try to make subtle adjustments and improvement. So the top business people in the world have coaches. The top kids who are athletes have coaches. You know, I have five kids that all play sports. And one thing that coaches have said to me and my wife about our kids is that they're very coachable. In fact, we were on a recruiting visit yesterday in Oregon uh, from my daughter McKinley at a basketball trip and the coach immediately said something during their scrimmage she's like wow she is extremely coachable hmm. and I take that as a big compliment because there are a lot of kids and adults whose ego gets in the way and they're not coachable they think they know it all already they don't need help I already got this I can do this by myself don't tell yeah. me what to do that's an attitude that is just everywhere you and I see it Scott but coachability sets people apart for winners and those who don't want to learn to win. Yeah, I think being coachable, that is one of the greatest, that's one of the greatest words you can hear from other parents about your kids, right? You want your kids to be fast learners, to be good listeners, to be able to apply knowledge quickly, right? And turn it into something that is critical for life, you know? So I, I think coachability with our kids how do you build it, right? How do you start there? I, I do think that being on teams is a great way to learn. You know, we want our kids to have as many great coaches in sports and in life as possible. You know, I look at my childhood, there, be, there came a time, whether you want to, you know, whether you like it or not, where your kids may like want to step out on their own, right? They might, they, they want to try to learn it on their own. They want to try to figure it out on their own. They want to process things with other people, not necessarily mom and dad all the time. So we wanted to, when I was a kid, I had youth leaders and sports coaches and great mentors and coaches around me that helped raise me and helped me 
think through the tough stuff, help me overcome obstacles. And I think, you know, parents need to raise kids that have this, hey, you can learn from every situation. Every situation is not win or lose, it's win and learn. Win and learn, win and learn. I like that, win and learn. That's a good one. And I feel like, you know, some of these people in my life growing up, man, saved my life. These coaches, you know, I think of a youth leader, we, we, Pastor Rick, we called him. He was the wrestling coach. You know, he could literally pin you with his pinky. He was one of those guys, <laughs> Nebraska state champ, just a killer coach, like awesome guy. Just a, right? a tough guy. Probably a big heart though. I imagine the coach, good coaches have big hearts. Big hearts, but tough. It's this firm and kind thing that we talked about. That's you know? true. So many of the parents that have kids that are coachable have this firm, kind mentality. And that's what allows kids to grow and thrive. You know, if you have this tight relationship with your kids that's built on growth and trust, then you can have coachable kids, right? That's the point here. And we have a bunch of little tips here that we've been talking about. Like, what are some of the things in the house that we can do with our kids that makes them more and more coachable? Do you want to go through some of this list? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's critical. I mean, teaching them to be coachable from the very beginning is important because how kids react to coaches says a lot about the kids and how they've been raised and kind of how they view life and improvement. Are they rigid or are they teachable? You know, yeah. I think that's that humility is critical for success. So I'm glad we're talking about this today. So yeah, why don't you pump out that a uh, couple of things on that list? One of the best thing you can do with your kids is consistency. We don't count to three. You know, this is a tough one in our house. We've kind of, I've, I'm, I err on this sometimes. It's like, hey, do this or don't do that. One, two, don't let me get to three, you know, and then they start to push the boundaries and then they wait till two and a half. It's like, no, we, we have, we have to have the first time follow rule in our, in our family. We, we say it one time and that's it. If you're going to run out in front of a car, I'm not going to be able to count to three. I'm not going to be like, did you hear me? It's too late. So if you want coachable kids, you need to start young with this system of, hey, first time follow rule, kiddos. I'm, I'm not going to count to three. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do something and that we expect it to be done. And you know what's, what's interesting is like in high level sports, I can speak to my older kids, they've experienced this with coaches. If they have to repeat themselves again and again and again, like they don't trust you anymore. They realize that you're not listening. You're not paying attention. You're not coachable. You know, the real great athletes and the great students, even the great business people, they they adapt and adjust quickly. Once they learn there's a better way, they ad adapt it right away. When they're corrected and disciplined and they need to do something better, they make those changes immediately. It's not something that's like, well, I'll, I'll think about it, but let me keep trying my own way, even though I was just told by an expert or a coach or a parent or a guide that that's not the right way. So yeah. it, it doesn't make sense to continually repeat, repeat, repeat. It just means that the person is not willing to be open and, and coachable. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do this with a young kid and you, and, and I'm going to put you on the spot on how to have a conversation with a teenager okay. about this. So I'll Perfect. start with young kids because I got young kids. One of the best tips we got is kids under five or six play the first time follow game. We got this from our buddy, Chad Johnson, and it's brilliant. It's a game you play with your kids. That's like, okay, guys, we're going we're gonna to play a game call, called first time follow. I'm going to say it. And then you, the, the one who does it the fastest wins. It's like, okay, five pushups. Boom, they're doing it. Okay, touch the doorknob. Okay, go. It's like, okay, run to the bathroom and back. Okay, uh, five jumping jacks. Like 
it's literally first time follow. It's like, okay, go grab me a pencil. Okay, awesome. Okay, go pick up a toy in your room. Like it's literally this fun game where the kids get into it and they're competing and they're having a blast. Well, what they're not realizing is they're literally building this idea of first time follow becomes a family cultural rule. And it's really, really worked on our kids. And it's been fantastic for them to be like, oh, mom and dad are talking. I'm I'm listening. Because a lot of times they'll get sucked into something, a game or a book or a, a toy or a puzzle or whatever. And it's like, you got to get them to, to, when they hear your voice, immediately listen. And, and it's discipline, it's consistency, it's being prompt, it's really building in that culture with younger kids. It's difficult to break that when they're older. But what would you do in the situation where an older kid may be having a tough time listening or following? Yeah, I think the it's it's different with the older kids, the teenagers. I've got three teenagers, and you really have to talk to them with reason. Like they really want to understand the whys. You can't simply tell kids, teenagers these days, go do this, and they just instantly get up and go do it. You really have to talk to them about the why. It also goes back to our episode on relationships plus rules equals results, and relationships with no relationships but having rules equals rebellion. Like if you have relationships with your kids and they know that you care about them and you want what's best for them, it's a lot easier to reason with them and say, hey, you know what? I can see that you're having a hard time with this. Can we talk about it? What's hard for you right now? What are your goals in this area? What can I do to help? I have an idea. Or what if you tried this? Like if if you approach it in a way where you're helping solve problems together, it's not you versus your kid. It's you and your kid versus the problem or the challenge at hand. And, and I think those conversations will flow into more coachability and more like, oh, well, my dad or my mom is really just trying to help me. And this is an idea that could help me. I've seen that where I talked to uh, my son, Pierce, who's 16 now. I, I talked to him about a, a, a challenge that he was having. And I gave him that advice. I was trying to act as a mentor and a coach. And I gave him the advice. And he literally, I heard him on the phone. He didn't know I was listening. He was in his room, but the door was kind of cracked. The next day, he was giving that same advice that I gave him to a friend. And I was like, wow, okay, so it sunk in. He didn't, maybe he didn't totally act like he was receiving everything I gave him. But he was like explaining the solution to a buddy on the phone. Like, yeah, well, this is what we have to do. And this is what's how it's going to work. And I was like, wow, so good. that was cool. You know, that was cool. I, I never told him that I heard that. So hopefully he doesn't hear this episode and spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> but but coachability, I mean, that's that that's a key skill because it's it shows humility. It shows you're willing to learn. It shows you're not rigid in your ways. And this is something that we actually have to demonstrate as adults as well. So Scott, tell us why you think adults need to be coachable too, need to model this for their kids. Yeah, I mean, you and I, you and I go to the best coaches in the world. We and we pay for it. And and every dollar we've put into our coaching has returned itself. 10, 50, $100 back, but it's also given us deeper relationships, better friendships, more freedom, right? More purpose and impact in our lives. That's what happens when you can open yourself up. You know, all progress starts with the truth. And every good coach starts with love and truth. It's like, all right, where are we at? How can we grow? How can we get better? And that's the type of coachability that parents need. This is why we're doing this. These right. every every parent, if you're listening to this right now, you're already showing that you're open to learning. You're open to growing. Yeah, the fact that you're listening to a podcast about smart money parenting shows you're trying to be coachable. Obviously. That's a win. That's a huge win right there. You're showing us that you have this mentality. 
And, you know, I, I, I just thought of something. I, I just finished coaching T-ball with Sawyer and the five-year-olds. That's awesome. And it was me and Drew Stanton. He's the quarterback for the Cardinals. And we had an absolute blast. But I saw the full spectrum of coaching of a kid. I saw it. And, and, I, and honestly, I wanted to have a parent meeting as fast as possible right. in this thing. You know, we had some parents running on the field, like, oh boy. Yelling. We had other parents that were like looking at phones on the side, just like hoping their kid would listen. There was kids on the field that literally you tell them 10 times and they don't even listen. They're literally just picking up dirt, gloves on their head, sitting down in the red dirt. Other kids are just like, okay, what do I do now? Okay, what do I do? Like, they're just like on fire. They're totally dialed in. They're paying attention to the coach right away. Some of those kids, right? That's right. Because, you know, when we showed them, it's like, hey guys, here's the deal. If you can listen to us, if you can follow some of these instructions and tips, we're going to blow the doors off of every other team, right? You think if a bunch of dads came and played these other five-year-olds, you think the dads would win? Yeah. Well, guess what? Our goal is to try to get you guys that good as fast as possible. And the only way to get there is to follow our tips, follow the lessons, do it even if it's scary, do it even if you don't want to. You got to follow along as a team because we are all one team. I think that a lot of times, in families, kids and parents can be an us versus them. And that is not how a team works. A coach is on the same team as the player. Exactly. Coach has the same jersey, same colors, same same uniform. Like they're part of the same squad. And wants them to succeed and wants wants the best and wants the best for them. That's a conversation you can have with kids at any age. We are on the same team in this family. I want the absolute best for you. And so I want to make sure that I'm passing on the things that I had to learn the hard way, passing on the things that I had to go through to get to where I'm at today. That kids want to hear that. They want yeah, to they want to hear I, I'm on your team. Yeah. You know, put your arm around your kid and be like, I'm on your team, man. Absolutely. I get it. It's you're going through something right now. I'm on your team. Let's talk about it. And I think that's one of the special things about being a great coach is you can have an impact that changes kids' lives forever. Like I still remember my great coaches. One of my coaches' names was John Cyrus. Um, it was my senior year in high school. The coach before him was like Bobby Knight on steroids. He got fired for all kinds of crazy disciplinary actions, even though we broke the school record, like the 30-year historical record for having the best team ever. He was fired that year because he was so crazy, right? I mean, legitimately, physically and mentally abusive. Like it was wild. But they bring in this guy named John Cyrus. Really, really cool guy, coached tennis, um, but got into coaching basketball. He was like a student of John Wooden. And all he would talk about for the first few weeks were principles of success. And like, he literally just drilled that into us, principles of success. And he's like, when John Wooden showed up to UCLA, he started by teaching the players how to tie their shoes. They had no basketball for practice. They, they practice tying their shoes. You're talking about grown men, superstar athletes at UCLA. And he started with the basics, but the impact of coaches like John Wooden at UCLA or, or John Cyrus from my high school in Orange County, California, like I'll never forget these coaches. And I think we can make such a great impact as parents and adult leaders and mentors if we adopt some of those same methods and, and having that care and that invested interest in the young people as these coaches have shown us. And I think that's what's exciting to me is like being a coach and being coached 
really is a way to impact people that you're on the same team with. Yeah. I think kids, kids these days, they need to hear that. They need to hear us say like, Hey man, I'm on your team. What, what's going on? How can I help you right now? Instead of like pointing the finger and blaming and maybe coming at them with stuff that they're not doing well. It's like the arm around the shoulder, like what's going on? I'm your coach. I'm here for you. We're on the same team. Let me, you know, talk to me. Let's talk about this. Yeah. And I think on the same note, one of our next big tips on this was no good cop, bad cop. Right. I I feel like it's, this is a perfect lead in because, you know, I've had teams growing up where you had the good coach and the bad coach, right. Right. the hard knock coach, the one that nobody wanted to approach. Everyone was secretive and trying to like shy away from that. The coach. one everyone hated, basically the coach, the coach that everyone hated on the team. Yeah. And then you had the pushover coach that was like the buddy, buddy, but like you can get away with anything. And there really wasn't respect at the end of the day for that coach. And so you don't want to have as, you know, in a family, you don't want to have a good cop, bad cop. I don't think you should have like one family parent is like the good one, that you can get away with things and, you know, secretly tell everything. And then the other one's the bad cop. It's like, wait till your dad comes home kind of thing. Right. That doesn't build trust and respect. You need to have both parents as good and bad cops. Like both parents connect with the kids. Both parents are the ones that you can trust. If you're, if you're a co-parenting or you're a single parent, you got to just be on the same page that here's our lines. Here's what we, how we want to coach our kids. Here's how we want to grow them together. And we're going to be consistent with that. And that's a really critical piece. Like you wonder if you're the only one disciplining the kids, it's like you wonder why they shy away or they might not want to listen or it's like hard to connect. That could be why, right? So you've got to be making sure that you're both the the firm and loving parent, you know? Yeah, that's like having, having a coaching staff that's aligned. You know, the locker room can't be split, liking some coaches, not liking other coaches, you know, this coach has a favorite, that coach has a favorite. Like it's, I, I like to go back to the sports analogies because I, I think most of the parents listening have had kids in sports before, or they've been in sports themselves. So you guys get this, but like having an aligned locker room starts from the top down. The coaches are aligned. The coaches have goals. The coaches know how they're going to approach the game and the challenge and the team and the players and they know the players well. They know their weaknesses and strengths. And I think that's part of being a great coach. So as a smart money parent, you're really looking for opportunities to help your kids become more coachable. You, you always want to have that humility and that teachability by, you know, seeing in your children's lives, because that's going to show that they're going to grow over time. Whether you're there or not, they can be learning from other people. Yeah. And, and on that same actual note, like the best coaches I've ever had never matched our emotions. Mm. And this is another thing that we were talking about before this episode is like, parents should never match their kids emotions. If your kid is going wild, they're getting angry or frustrated, like, the worst thing you can do is like, sink to that level, let it get you let it get to you. I just think of these incredible stories when we're at the state championship level, when we're going through tough stuff, a huge loss. It's the coach's job to maintain a good head, to keep their emotions intact. To keep steady, yeah. Keep steady, keep composure. And that's a tough one when kids are have, you know, rebelling or uh, fighting or disobeying or disrespecting. You know, that's a tough one not to sink to the level, but that's the that's the call of every parent is to take that breath, count to three yourself to keep yourself regulated and take a beat right? You're never punishing in anger. 
Um, disappointment's tough sometimes with your kids, but being able to show, hey, we are on the same team. I want the absolute best for you. You can get through this. You can you can push through. I believe in you. I love you. I care for you. You can do it. You have what it takes, right? That's in, that's an incredible gift to a kid when a parent can regulate their own emotions and not Absolutely. let it get to them. That's coaching. That's a good coach, right Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. Coaches keep themselves steady and they they focus on the long term and they focus on what their players are struggling with. So as a as a parent being coachable yourself and modeling that admitting when you make mistakes admitting the you know when you learn we need to learn like my kids hear me listening to podcasts of our coach dan sullivan in the car and like dad is this your coach i'm like yeah it's my coach he's my business coach so like they know that i'm willing to be coached so certainly they at their young age should be willing to be coached and i think this is a critical component to success if you want your kids to be financially competent and ready to succeed in the real world, they need to be coachable. And so do you. I mean, that's, that's, that's our message today. We hope it's really hit, hit a, a struck a nerve for you and really reminded you about this critical principle, but it's something that we really believe in. Yeah. And remember, no is a gift. I think there's a few parents out there that need to hear this right now. No is a gift to your kids sometimes. And I know you want to love them and give them everything and share with them all the things you never had or pay for the things that uh, you never had grown up for them. But you know what? Good coaches also hold good lines. They have good standards and they keep them and they expect greatness and no is a gift. It's not a curse on your family or your kids. It's a gift. So I want to make sure you guys know that be a great coach, be coachable yourself and raise kids to be coachable. That's one of the huge pillars of success for every kid growing up. So hope this was helpful to you guys. Thanks for listening to Smart Money Parenting. Share this with another family that you know needs to hear it. Um, and uh, if you want to ask us any questions, we're getting some great feedback, great questions on smartmoneyparenting.com. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you. It takes more than money If you want to succeed You gotta know what to do with it I gotta take the lead Gotta give them confidence Gotta make them smart If your kids are gonna thrive Now's the time to start Smart Money Parenting 